Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Today, where we're bringing you small town stories and more for you to explore. I'm your host, Christy Burns. Today we are here with Rick Arredondo. Did I get did I get that right? You got it right. <laughs> okay. Um, and basically, I'm in New Philadelphia, Ohio today, and we are going to talk with Rick about the reasons why you should visit New Philadelphia. Um, I'm actually here on a three day trip, and I've been exploring the entire uh, area of Tuscarawas County. And so Rick's going to talk to us today a little bit about why you would want to visit. New Philadelphia specifically, and all the wonderful things going on in the downtown here. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, Christy. And so just for clarity, I'm not like from here. So, <laughs> uh, so that kind of gives me somewhat of an unbiased perspective. But, but thank you for the opportunity to talk about New Philadelphia, Ohio. And uh, we've enjoyed your visit, and we hope you'll come back soon. And we hope uh, both your readers and now listeners will... Um, be very uh, interested in visiting uh, Tuscarawas County and specifically New Philadelphia, Ohio. Awesome. Well, and, you know, you're being a little, um, uh, what's the word? Well, the point is Rick is very well known in New Philadelphia, Ohio, even though he he may not um, have lived here his whole life. Um, You can't go anywhere without people saying hello to Rick. So if you didn't know it, you would think that he was a local from birth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just owe a lot of people a lot of money, I think. Is probably. <laughs> well, Rick, um, tell me a little bit about um, your business. So we are here in this awesome studio, the Ezekiel Project, and um, I was really excited to do this podcast in this really cool space that you've created. Um, tell me a little bit about the Ezekiel Project and you know how you're using it to help New Philly. So we uh, actually started in June of 2017, Uh, We initially started as a screen printing shop. We wanted to uh, create faith-based shirts, and we invited local artists to participate with us, and we did that for about two years. But we started to understand that that the dynamics of our our community was, was changing, and we felt it was very important to start to introduce maybe some different forms of mediums to to the county because we saw a younger generation who was very interested in podcasting. In fact, long before the COVID-19 phenomenon, we started to listen in on podcasts here continually. So we decided we would morph into more of a uh, working studio with photography, videography, and now podcasting. And the community has embraced it. But unfortunately, with COVID, we've been somewhat suppressed with people coming in. So we're really excited that uh, we're, we've launched maybe as many as eight new podcasts in our town. So all of them from different uh, levels of interest, from some, some like uh, what guys do to uh, the wedding photographers and their stories. So we just want to create interesting content, but it's really about connecting our creators with our community. That's really the, the underlying theme. And you have a space that was sitting vacant for a while in New Philadelphia, and you took it and revitalized it. And um, I'm sitting here. It's it's in an old garage. It was a um, an auto shop, correct? And basically, Rick has taken this space and just made it really cool. <laughs> so I'm at you know kind of a refurbished. Um, 
reclaimed wood table that they've set up all the podcasting equipment and they've got kind of a photographer's studio um, to the left of me and just a lot of really cool things that you can come in and utilize here but it's a really um, awesome space that has a vibe that you could just sit here and talk all day. <laughs> well that was kind of the plan without being the plan because we've had uh, many people come in here and just say well what are you doing here and next thing you know, they're asking for a Wi-Fi password. And next thing you know, we're talking about a project, which <laughs> may have an opportunity for them to participate. Um, but we do have a mission. And uh, the best way to describe it is uh, we are in a very blue-collar, historical, Mideast Ohio, traditional rural town. And a lot of our younger people really aren't interested in working in a manufacturing context. So what we thought was, well, if we could get the creators, those that want to be graphic designers, want to be filmmakers, want to make create original music, where are they going to do it? And so it's just been really fun to watch people just gravitate to this as, hey, maybe I can make money doing this and do this for the rest of my life instead of working somewhere else and not getting the fulfillment. So We've launched at least two or three careers, and I think that's probably the biggest blessing that I've had is just watching that growth in these young people. And so, Rick, you're kind of officially retired <laughs> and have a, um, a long-term you know, business and banking and just a, a really firm business background to be able to help and mentor these folks that are coming in. And I think that that's just a really um, neat aspect about you, that you're basically doing this because you really love it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, when I grew up, there weren't a lot of me uh, mentors around. Uh, you were pretty much put on the treadmill, and then uh, the faster you ran, the better, hopefully faster than the next guy or gal. And uh, there really wasn't a lot of what I would call um, walking alongside somebody and teaching them how to navigate with how to connect with people and how to build relationships. So it's been fun to just sit down and kind of say, okay, let's look at your resume. Let's look at how you would approach a new client. Let's look at your follow-up. Let's look at uh, how you present yourself, even in a meeting. We've had those conversations. And my whole thing was, you know, you just can't show up in a baseball cap like I'm wearing right now in shorts to get the job you want. But I do feel that um, the younger folks here, particularly those under the age of, say, 35 here, have been very interested in saying, you know, hey, I want to, I want to polish my professionalism so I can kind of go up level or, or the level I, you know, that's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And so what we just try to do is just kind of give them that feedback of how they presented to me. And hopefully that will help them as they present to more uh, professional clients. I just think that's really awesome. And that, that new Philadelphia has an asset like that here, you know, I mean, this is a small town, um, you know, and the assets that, New Philadelphia has for the people that live here, and um, and obviously it's growing. More more people are figuring out that this is a great place to live. Um, tell me a little bit about you know why you chose New Philly and why um, you know you think this is a great place to live and and be doing what you're doing. Yeah. So my story was uh, I worked for a, a very large uh, retail bank in California, and. Uh, so our parents, we had offices in New York, in Pittsburgh, in Chicago, Atlanta, and I would come and visit um, my brother who lived here. 
And so it was just an easy drive going into the into the countryside and being a city boy all my life, it was just seemed very attractive. And what my brother described was actually real. It was <laughs> like, I really like this very much different. But, you know, I grew up in Venice, California, and Venice was a very small town within a big context of LA. Mm. And so when I came here and I saw alleys and I saw, you know, apartments, I mean, it reminded me a little bit of my youth. So, um, but I think the, the real draw for me was the people. And I've never seen so many friendly people here, uh, whether you go to the Daily Grind for coffee or you walk into a local retail store. I mean, they'll actually have a real conversation with you. And where I came from, that wasn't really the norm. So I think the biggest asset we have here is the people. And the rest of it is just kind of the historical significance of New Philadelphia, plus um, just access to things like Kent State Tuscarawas and the Performing Arts Center and the Arts Center. We just seem to have a lot going on for a city because we are a city at 17,000 people mm-hmm. um, for, for a city of our size. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you mentioned the Performing Arts Center. So I had the opportunity to visit the Performing Arts Center yesterday with you. And um, what an amazing, again, we're talking about assets in a small town. You know, some of the reasons that people think that they can't move to a small town is because you're not going to get arts and culture. And, you know, you're not even going to get some of the staples that you're used to as far as shopping and, you know, even a pharmacy sometimes. You know, people think small town and, you know, sometimes they, I think that when they think small, they think it it just doesn't have anything. (laughs) And, you know, but once you get out and start exploring and you see how diverse, you know, many small towns are, um, and New Philly in particular is one that has a lot more assets, I think, than the average small town. And the Performing Arts Center is a, is definitely, um, you know, a testament to that. And one of the unique things I learned about it yesterday was that um, it's on the Kent State um property, but it's not actually owned by Kent State. Um, And so that gives it the opportunity to really be a community gem. And they really, um, when they talked to us yesterday, they really um, pride themselves on being a community partner, um, you know, and not just there for the university, which I just think is phenomenal and, you know, gives um, New Philadelphia, again, another one of those awesome assets that they can promote um, to really have not just arts and culture in their downtown, which I'll, I'll ask you about here in a second, um, you know, but actual shows and, I mean, people, headliners, you know, people that you've heard of, <laughs> you know, coming in to perform, um, you know, as well as theatrical performances. And, um, you know, one of the awesome things that they're doing is education performances and you know getting the schools in there and the stories um, that they can tell you when you you come and visit the Performing Arts Center here um, is awesome I mean just they talked about a little boy with a beatbox um, you know and how this little boy um, had never been as many would not be in a rural area um, to the arts and came and he just took to this beatbox and Um, the teacher was telling uh, whoever was doing the performance things that day that this is this is the kid who not only has some issues in the schoolroom I mean violent issues like throwing chairs and you know just you know probably doesn't have the greatest home life or whatever that backstory is and 
but he took to this beatbox and it spoke to him and you know I mean I just think that that's the coolest thing and you know I think that sometimes um, you know people don't really think of performing arts as a ministry um, you know and, and obviously a lot of them aren't but at the same time there's especially in a small town atmosphere I think you're going to get a lot of that where you're going to get that one-on-one um, attention and it's just it, it was just a really cool story to hear yeah it's something that uh, I didn't actually go there for the first couple years I was here I mean I knew it was there but you know as I was getting settled and I started to understand like well this is really significant so when I took my wife the first time she was blown away because this is something that you would have to even in Sacramento you would have to go somewhere and here it's like literally a stone's throw from where we live so that was phenomenal and and David Mitchell uh, who runs the uh, the pact has done a great job of just making the acts very diverse. So you'll find there's something for everybody, I mm-hmm. think is the best way to describe it, and a very loyal um, following. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about how that spilled into New Philadelphia, you know, just kind of the excitement of the arts. And, um, you know, there's some projects going on with murals and, um, you know, just some fun things going on in New Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Well, um, so when I got here from California, it took about a year to kind of figure out that there was a very strong uh, pride about the historical significance of New Philadelphia, Ohio. So um, the local um, high school stadium is named after Woody Hayes. So that was Woody Hayes' first coaching job was at New Philadelphia (laughs) High School. So you would see a lot of historical uh, representations in some kind of art public art well then it started to kind of start with some small projects like uh painting our trash can so you could just see little bits of public art uh around the town but one thing that was really i thought an opportunity and and we thought specifically for the ezekiel project was we had this really big building in front of us with uh, that was screaming for something because there was a lot of chip paint and some graffiti on it and uh, we asked an artist to do one mural. And, uh, and I remember the first, it took us three days to paint it. And when we were done, we couldn't back out of the driveway because there were so many cars of people taking pictures. So we knew there was an appreciation for it. What we didn't realize was just how vivid the art community was here. It was just underground. Mm-hmm. And so what what the murals did was bring that a little bit to the forefront and then now you're seeing public art everywhere. I think we have up to 15 murals now and uh, we have a web page called uh, newphilaguide.com or .org and in that instance uh, we have a walking map that for one mile you can literally walk and see 15 murals. So it's really cool to have something like that and now it's something uh, of a form of pride here where before it might have been resisted because like, why are you doing these murals to now? Wow, we have murals. When's the next one? So <laughs> it's really converted, I think, uh, not only the, the city, but also the attitudes of the people in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, and something we were talking about with um, Julie over at the Visitors Bureau yesterday was how, again, sometimes there's resistance to to change like that um but that over time you start seeing all these little things that um people start to embrace like people starting to take pictures in front of them or you know senior pictures i mean things that are going to last a lifetime you know that they're 
you know, putting into their memory books, New Philadelphia, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, people will come and they'll do the same thing, you know, they'll take pictures in front of those murals, and they'll be posting them on social, and, um, you know, so something that's really little, seems small, you know, can just make a wildfire of (laughs) promotion, and, and good memories, you know, because it's a fun town to walk around and spend time in, so. Yeah, that's amazing, because, uh, yeah, someone told me that because of the natural, beauty of the area they'll say well before that the most photographed area was at atwood lake or or something um or at the park and now it's ident- this mural murals here on ashwood lane are identified as the most photographed area in tuscarawas county because it's one spot it's 20 by 40 so you just see a lot of senior pictures just pop up in your facebook feed and and I don't know if a lot of people know that, you know, the story behind the murals. It's just kind of funny that it's now kind of part of the new norm, which yeah. I think is really cool. That's awesome. Okay, well, I think that's a great spot to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. You're invited to experience Tuscross County, Ohio. Whether you're enjoying the rolling hills of Amish country, strolling through our historic villages, or exploring our one-of-a-kind museums and attractions, we're sure you'll discover why visitors keep coming back time after time. Conveniently located along I-77 in Northeast Ohio, Tuscross County is just a short drive from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or Columbus. And be sure to check out our all-new Destination Learning Magazine, the perfect guide for virtual and homeschooling families. Visit TravelTusk.com, that's TravelTusc.com to learn more. Hey everyone, Christy here with My Town Today. Traveling the country and visiting amazing small towns is my passion, but managing my books is not. That's why I love Burns & Associates. They provide professional bookkeeping solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Best of all, they are virtual, which allows them to serve clients all across the country. If you're like me, my schedule is hectic, so video calls to review my finances is best to keep me up to date no matter where I am. If you need professional bookkeeping solutions to get your finances in order, clean up or catch up on your bookkeeping, or are ready to outsource so you can get back to running your business, give Burns & Associates a call at 833-BURNS-60. That's 833-287-6760. Again, that's 833-287-6760. Or go to burnsltd.net to schedule your free, no-obligation consultation. Burns & Associates, solutions to maximize your margin. You know, I had a ton of fun walking around here day before yesterday with you. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the great thing about a small town is that you feel, you know, you just feel so welcomed in small towns. People want you to be there. They're going to smile and say hello. And, um, you know, that's the small town culture, you know, that we promote with my town today is it, like you said, it's the people. It always comes back to the people. Um, and here, you know, it, an incredible thing though, is because we're kind of hopefully coming out of COVID-19, um, during all of this COVID time, um, you guys have been growing, and we, you've actually got businesses downtown that are starting in the midst of COVID. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest shockers I've had. Um, as we started to get into the early stages of COVID, I mean, we knew that there was going to be a strong possibility that some of the 
businesses were not going to survive. And so, but to see now not only new businesses, but family owned businesses come into play. And I think people just had to make decisions based on like, maybe this is the right time now, now that I have the time or because of a, of a situation in my home or because we've lost a job or uh, if not now, when, you know, we started to hear these comments. And then I think two of the businesses, one has six children, the other one has four and they're actively involved in the business. So for me, that's probably the most exciting part is these are people who live in the community. Their kids go to school in the community. They will work hard to make sure you get everything you need. And I think he saw the spirit, felt the spirit of these people and they wanted to talk to you, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, so I think a lot of people worry about the Amazon effect and, and I agree it's a real thing, but when you can have inter, uh, human interaction and then talk about why they're in business and what are you looking for and actually experience some experience something, I think that that's probably the beauty of small business and why it was created is because we want to have that personal interaction and experience with you. So I think these people decided that, hey, we've had enough of whatever we had before and uh, now that the space is available, they made the leap of faith. And as a small business community, we are pushing their business as if they're the most valuable business in our community because if they succeed, we all succeed. Right. Well, and that's probably why it's doing so well. I mean, like you said, I every business that we went into they promoted another business while I was there. They weren't self-serving at all. Um, you know, they clearly care about the community as a whole. They asked, you know, what other places I've been to, gave me recommendations. Um, you know, they really care about the community as a whole. And obviously that's so important. You know, you're not going to have, um, you have to start from the inside and work your way out. You know, I like to, obviously what I do is promote towns and tell people the great things that they can do there. Um, but they're not going to be existed <laughs> when somebody gets there if that town's not working from the inside, you know, to have its own residents frequent their shops and, and do that. And, um, you know, one thing during COVID that, you know, I'm hoping really will be a silver lining is so many towns banded together during this time and, um, you know, kind of, I think, created some new bonds, um, you know, in many respects that hopefully those bonds will hold on because there's a lot of towns where you don't see that anymore or yeah. you know and some of it's just the nature of change and time and you know you've got people that may have been you know a staple for years and years but now you know they're done they're they're done with their business and and it just hasn't made that new transition yet. And, you know, so you always have some of those, you know, economic development kind of things going on too. But um, but I think COVID really did strengthen bonds, in especially in small towns. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out there that, you know, we feel for that didn't make it or whatever their circumstances are, um, you know, but trying to look at the silver lining today, I think that, there's a lot going on um, that could come good out of this too. So yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you know, my past life, uh, I was involved in a lot of rural communities in 2008, 2010 when the recession hit, and we had to do similar things. But that was a much longer, protracted thing because not every, not, it didn't hit every business the same time like COVID did. Mm -hmm. And so it, there was a sense of urgency that we needed to work together. And we have a unique group of owners. And I think that's probably my favorite part, is mm -hmm. that they're just great people. Um, 
they'll call you on the phone and say, hey, do you need something? Um, they're not just Facebook followers, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. we all have Facebook friends, but these are people that will pick up the phone and ask how you're doing and and actually try to invest in your life and your business. And so our whole thing was we're just stronger together if we're together. And, yeah. and I think everybody embraced that. We don't have any formal... Um, like organization that we are structured under mm-hmm. it's just we just do it because it's the right thing to do it's good business mm-hmm. and and we're just finding that even in attracting new businesses that they can feel it because we go and show up at their shop and welcome them it's just kind of like it used to be done back in the day and, mm-hmm. and I think we're getting back to just our roots of hey this country was built on small business yes. I mean that's and people if they think all these jobs were because of these big corporations I mean I think I did a uh, we had an Anderson School of Business at UCLA do a study for us, and 90% of the uh, of the people that have a job are working for companies with less than than 100 people. And of that group, uh, 10% of that, uh, excuse me, 90% of that is less than 10. So we're talking like really small businesses where this uh, fabric of this uh, country is based upon. And, and I think that is really, we're trying to play to our strength, but we just need more of them. We need more entrepreneurial people to come here. And so we're inviting anybody that wants to think about starting a small business. Why not come to New Philadelphia? Right, right. Well, and, you know, we're going to be doing a, um, another podcast on neighboring, neighboring Dover. And when I was there yesterday um, at Werther's, you know, that whole town was built on small business. I mean, there was, you know, there there was obviously steel and other things in that area. Um, but Werther's, you know, the that is a, that's a great story, um, you know, like I said, that you'll hear about later. But um, it was all about, you know, small business. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting um, that made me bring this up was um, the fact that we the things that we want and the things that we need. You know, I was watching a video yesterday that just, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, he went out and made knives whenever they needed money. <laughs> and, you know, and I was sitting there talking with Julie with the, from the Visitors Bureau, and we're like, you know, how different would our world be if that's how we thought right now? That, you know, your family, you know, working for what you need, spending time with family, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Um, working hard, um, but the, not the mentality of, you know, you have to work for things that you want. You work for things that you need and, you know, and being okay with that. Um, you know, and I think that, again, during COVID, we've seen a lot of people, like you said, made hard decisions, but also kind of scale back and go, you know, what do I really need out of life? You know, what do I want to do with my life? How much time do I want to spend with my family? Um, You know, there's been so many videos and things of people going, you know, COVID's awful, but man, I, I can't, I cannot say thank you enough for the time I've spent with my family. Um, You know, and it's just kind of sad to think about how much time we spend, you know, trying to get things. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, and and I know that that's kind of, that's not a new concept, you know, or anything to think about that. Um, But I feel like it's something that's really important that needs to be brought back up often, because I do, we all do it, we get sidetracked, and there's things that we think we need that we don't. And, um, you know, and I think that that's helping spur some of the new small businesses and the, you know, the love for what they're doing, because, you know, I, 
I think that after going through what this country just went through, we're not really afraid to try. You know, it's like, okay, like we've seen how bad it can get. (laughs) So, you know, we kind of have a good barometer for, okay, like this is what I can live off of. This is what I can do. Um, And it's amazing what you can do when you're not afraid. So... You know, with that being said, I think that, uh, you know, I think we're in a good position for moving forward, you know, from here and, um, you know, and being able to come and visit places like New Philadelphia um, and having knowing that they're going to be around for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, I think, um, again, we haven't even hit our stride yet. I I believe that the future of our city is going to be based upon a couple of things. Kent State Tuscarawas being probably the biggest one um, as that campus expands and grows. Um, we're going to see new businesses that are looking for uh, younger college students to want to come to. And we want to create a lifestyle that maybe they want to stay here once they finish college. Uh, so a uh, great opportunity for us. And I think uh, the city leadership here, I think, understands the opportunity, uh, but they need to come up with a plan. Because yeah. it's not going to happen, you know, maybe as well as it could if it's organized and people are working together. But um, I'm just glad to just, you know, if you're going to be alive, now's the time to be alive right here in New Philadelphia because there's so much, so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. Well, and with that, I think that we'll kind of close out with uh, a huge thank you to Rick um, for helping me with my inaugural podcast. Um, so thank you so much for being with us on this very first, you know, My Town Today podcast, uh, bringing you small town stories. And, um, you know, there you can go to MyTownToday.com and read all about Tuscarawas County um, under the articles section. There'll be several um, articles there that you can read and learn all about what we did here in New Philadelphia. Um, so you can get all your tips for your next travels here to Ohio. Um, thank you so much, Rick, for having me on. Um, and please check out the Ezekiel Project, too, when you are in New Philadelphia, Ohio. It's a really cool place. Say hi to Rick. He'll probably take you to some of his favorite spots if you twist his arm. Um, and thank you again for having me. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure hosting you, and we can't wait for you to come back. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I guess we kind of just had to decide who's the host here, but um, I'm giving all the credit to you for this one. <laughs> no, don't do that. But uh, like I said, I'm just uh, happy to be part of your first one, and I know they'll be the first of many. And, uh, yeah, thank you for coming, and uh, it's been a great experience. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To learn more about the towns we visit, just type My Town Today in your favorite browser and click on My Town Today or go to MyTownTravels.com. To learn more about how to be a guest on the show or to sponsor an episode, just go to our homepage and click on Podcasts and select Submit a Request.